Welcome to the second episode of the London Calling podcast. This week's guests are Cork Couple, Dave Corkery and Cathy Cullen, otherwise known as creators of The Cinemile, winner of Best New Podcast at last year's British Podcast Awards. The Cinemile consists of both Dave and Cathy heading off to their local cinema and recording their thoughts on the film they've just seen on the walk home. Two years in and over 90 episodes in the bag, they spoke to me about how the idea came about, the effect the success of the podcast has had on their lives, and how hard it is to find a babysitter for a newborn when your family lives at the other side of the Irish Sea. I met the guys down in Richmond on the banks of the River Thames, and that's where we leave off. Well, I'll start it uh, now, yeah, I guess, by, by giving you the context of, um, of where we are. Mm-hmm. We're in Richmond. Um, beautiful, actually. Now, just as I said, the sun started, started to come out, which Came is friendly. For us. Um, and we're here with the cinema, which is Dave, Dave Corfrey and Cathy Cullen. Yeah. Hello. Um, Hello. And your son. Yes, Oscar. Oscar. Special yeah. guest. <laughs> He's asleep. Feel free to contribute, Oscar. He's, uh, oh, he will. Yes, He's he going to wake up in about five minutes screaming. We're walking that. partially because on our podcast we walk and partially to keep the baby asleep. So we're multitasking here. Yeah, He's familiar with this <laughs> setup. So has he been along on any of the, the podcasts so far? He's done a few now. We've done a few parent and baby screenings. Yeah. It's kind of the only, it's the easiest way to get to the cinema <laughs> yeah. these days because it's hard to find babysitters. Yeah, so when all your family live in Ireland, you need to... Um, Improvise, and I bring I go to the cinema with Oscar once a week to mom and baby screenings, which is quite fun. Uh, I was going to say, so has the the type of or the choice of films you've been going to see changed as a result of the new edition? Well, they don't. Uh, they, they tend to tailor them more at the parent yeah, than the baby at this stage. There's no age when the baby is like under a year. It doesn't matter what age movie they show at those cinema screenings. So you can go to an 18s movie with the baby. Yeah. You, you went to see Darkest Hour yes. recently, which definitely wasn't named. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> wasn't. I don't know. He maybe has an interest in, in history I and Winston so. Churchill. I don't know. Yeah. So no, no influence yet. It's just at the moment we haven't gotten to the cinema as much as we would want to. And um, mm. but luckily he's getting a bit older now, so soon we can get babysitters. <laughs> we went to see Coco with him. He loved that. Yeah. It was very colourful. Very colourful. I've heard good things about that. I've heard good reviews. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, man, I was crying in the yeah. aisles. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was an emotional journey. <laughs> and you've, you've obviously, like you said to me earlier, um, this is a place, the Audience Cinema, which, which we've just left after I eventually found it. Um, it was my fault. I, steer, <laughs> I steered you wrong. That's a place that you guys have frequented quite a bit. Not as much recently because you've moved, but was that where it all began? That's where it all began, yeah, that's where we uh, started the Cinemile. We used to live here in Richmond, uh, and this, this very walk used to be, used to be a part of the podcast. Yes, very exciting. Believe it or not. Um, lots of podcasts recorded on this river, and so basically we, we were living in Richmond, and we had you know, one of those monthly membership cards mm-hmm. for the cinema, and we were going like once or twice a week, and Dave really wanted us to do a podcast, and he pitched to me we could record ourselves walking to and from the cinema so minimal work so it was your idea initially. yeah it was my Dave's idea. idea but i pitched a lot of ideas yeah. before that <laughs> she said no said a lot no. of times so what made this one one that you you go, you go along with well the main thing was that um i know people who make podcasts and as you know they take a lot of time out of your life and you know having a full-time job and a life i didn't particularly want to be slaving away on a podcast for hours every week and also just didn't, none of them really appealed to me the ideas anyway sorry mm-hmm. dave but this one was um, <laughs> this one was look we're doing it anyway we always talk about movies so much after we watch them Dave said I'm just going to record our conversation 
and um, there's almost zero editing involved because we record it like as live and mm-hmm. um, so we don't do takes or anything like that so we went to see the jungle book in may of 2016 that was the, first. the first and dave recorded it and then we both really enjoyed it and it was really fun so we just kept doing it 90 episodes on that enjoyment isn't wavering at all no <laughs> no no what it's impact has has i mean obviously the big change in your lives over the last few months has been the new edition yeah. what impact has that had on on um, the creation of the podcast has it had any other uh yes it's well as we said it's harder to get to the cinema mm. uh, yeah. just logistically i mean yeah. you know kathy said we used to have uh, unlimited passes to the cinema 20 pounds a month and we were going you know one or once or twice a week we were going a lot just because it was easy you just go on in the evening uh, maybe a couple of times over the weekend um now going to the cinema is like a production that must be planned weeks and months yeah. ahead so we've already got like a schedule for this year and we're trying to plot over when our family can come over yeah. to mind him so that we can dash off to the cinema we're trying to you know do a few by ourselves we're doing a few movies at home uh, so that yeah it's become a bit of a logistical nightmare yeah. Yeah. but it's great it's by good. the way parents yeah, <laughs> being a parent's life and we're it's glad worth that it. we're doing the podcast because we weren't like cinema is both of our favourite things to do but if we weren't doing the podcast we probably wouldn't really be going because it's such an effort with the baby and that is one thing about being Irish living in England and not having family around is you know it's actually really difficult because you if you've got a baby you don't want to leave the baby with a stranger no, and um, so when we've had family over we've been using them as babysitters so do you want yeah. to babysit Ryan yeah <laughs> we've met <laughs> you now yeah. you're a stranger we've met I mean, you and, you and it's on wait. the record too so <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I mean you mentioned that you were in Australia before you came to London and the premise of the podcast really is to kind of you know um, it focuses on people who have moved to London whether it be from Ireland or Ireland via Australia or wherever else um, and just to maybe highlight some of the creative things that that um, you know Irish people are doing over here in the UK as, as in comparison to 20-30 years ago when it was entirely different uh, I guess they were a lot more creative yeah, <laughs> yeah of course yeah if anything it's gone down yeah. but um, yeah so I guess um, what drew you to London in the first place from Australia that's quite interesting because most people come immediately from Ireland to London so yeah yeah Obviously. family I think I mean we were uh, we were very happy in Australia we went out there like a lot of Irish people do mm. just for a year you know you get the you get the, uh, the holiday sun. visa yeah bit of sun <laughs> we'll see how it goes well we also we moved at peak recession so we moved um, 2011. We left our jobs in 2010 and we moved to January 2011 and at that point like Ireland was pretty grim in terms of media jobs which we both work in. We actually both had jobs but they weren't particularly well paid and they weren't going anywhere. Mm. Um, oh. So we're just going to turn. Very good, that was a nice one. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. used to doing this with the buggy. <laughs> um, so we just said look we need to get out of the country like we're in our mid-twenties we need to be thinking about our careers here and um, you know you don't want to be in a situation where for you to get a promotion at work somebody needs to die ahead of you which is what it was like in Ireland and so we just said well let we're going to Australia because we don't have any language skills and we didn't want to murder anyone yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so we we looked at London but we kind of thought well you can go to London anytime but but Australia you're limited I think it's up until you're 31 to get that visa Hmm. and you know when you're you've no commitment you're in your 20s it's an amazing country to move to and we ended up living there for I think nearly six years um and we loved every minute of it. In the end, we only moved back because we wanted to be near our family. That's like the only reason we moved back. But London had way more job opportunities again than Ireland. We looked at Ireland, but we just couldn't get work there, to be honest. 
like zero zero opportunities for us on TV. And it feels close here, you know. It's yeah. like it's so easy to get home. Um, you can nip home for a weekend. Uh, so cheap. Um, you know, and we see our family so much now because yeah. we go over there regularly. They come here regularly. So for us, the proximity, uh, you know, relative to what it was in Australia, which is you know, once or once a year, exactly. If you're, if you're yeah, lucky. If you're that's and that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that airport trip. It's horrible. Way. Yeah. Well, I imagine now it would have been a, a nightmare, considering with a new addition, you know, it would have been. Oh, horrible! Very difficult yeah. Well, case. and that was a, you know, as for a lot of people, that was a big factor in our decision we wanted to have kids Mm -hmm. and it's you're committing to raising a a kid you know on the other side of the world a very far away from their extended family so i think that was also an important factor yeah so by the sounds of it there's a sense of comfort in being in being here in london in relation to to home and actually one of the guests in the previous podcast one of the guys from from the band mentioned that it's 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 the equivalent of a bus journey almost now to fly home. For <laughs> oh yeah, you know? it's nothing. Yeah. It's we live quite near flight. Heathrow now because we live in Surrey. Oh, and that's right. Yeah. I mean, Heathrow flight costs more, which is annoying. But you can we can get from our house to Heathrow in twenty minutes, and then it's like what an hour flight home. It's just nothing really. Yeah. And when you're flying Ryanair, it's exactly like <laughs> a bus journey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is very true. So, in terms of the podcast that you've done, you've done ninety so far, as I mentioned. Um, in terms of the guests you've had on as well, I listened to the Scroobius Pip episode, and when did that become something that you guys started to explore, getting other people in on the podcast and reviewing movies with you? Um, we're quite quite early on, actually. I think it might have been around the fifth episode. I was at home in Cork with my mom, and we always go to the cinema together when I'm home, and we went to see Everybody Wants Some, which was the Richard Linklater movie. Mm-hmm and Dave was against the idea actually he thought it should just be us two and I said well look I'll record see what you think and we really liked it and mom has actually turned out to be our number one most frequent guest I think she's been on I worked out like 10% of the episodes she's better than me that's why I I was she's like our fan favourite she's moving in on your turf (laughs) exactly Um, everyone loves mom on it Um, so we did that which we really enjoyed and then we just started well look if we want to make this podcast part of our lifestyle we always go to the cinema with friends if people are visiting us we'll go to the cinema so we just when people are naturally going to the cinema with us, we record. So it was always a friend and family thing. And then after we won the best new podcast at the British Podcast Awards, and then we got publicity, and then people started hearing about it. That's when we started getting guests, like, like, um, I guess guests like that would be kind of famous in podcasting, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like our parents. And Twitter's been great for networking with people. You know, Scroobius Pip, um, after the British Podcast Awards, just gave us a shout out. So I, we just tweeted him saying, do you want to come on the show? And he said, yeah, I would love to. So, yeah. you know, it's quite, uh, I think with social media these days, it's it's quite easy to take a punt with mm-hmm. uh, guests. And we've tried a lot of things, you know. With I know, I went to the extreme of um, the Fifty Shades episode <laughs> where you had six oh, yeah. of your friends. Yeah, that was really fun. That was actually, we did that one in Richmond as well. We um, Six of my girlfriends, me and Dave, went to see Fifty Shades last year. And... Um, we all went to the pub afterwards. We had such a fun night. Um, sadly, at the time, I was pregnant, so I wasn't drinking, but everyone else was. And um, we're going to have to do something with him. Fifty Shades Freed, which is out this, <laughs> oh <God. laughs> this month. No, I don't, I don't think I can do it yeah. again. <laughs> and so you mentioned the, the podcast awards. That must have been a brilliant night, first of all. I mean, it was a great category to be even mentioned in, with the likes of Edith Bowman's podcast as well. And to come out on top, that was that must have been a real... Was it a... Was it a mark of your success, or like, did you feel it? Did you feel that way about it? I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we weren't. We were. Everyone says this in an, in an awards thing, don't they? They say we didn't even think we'd win. We we did not think we would win. Mm. Like we're, 
you know, we, we're just uh, a couple with a recorder walking down by a river every now and then and just shiting on. Um, I hope I can swear. I've done yeah, it now. Of course. Um, the We're just from Cork, we can't have ju- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just to be nominated was was like amazing, and to be nominated with like uh, the BBC were in our category, and and uh, as you said, Edith Bowman, Grace Dent. You know, there were some real like experienced broadcasters there. So, yeah. and we did not expect to win, but we're just delighted to be there. And so the win was a, a huge shock for us, and uh, yeah, it was a gr- it was a great boost, and we were just delighted about it. It was brilliant. Yeah, and it's like you could say, like, oh, you know, winning doesn't matter because we were doing the podcast for fun for us, which is why we were doing it. But actually then, um, overnight, because of the awards, um, off the back of the awards, The Guardian did, like, a quite a big review on our podcast. And so the day after we won the award, we woke up to that review, and then all of a sudden we went from, say... I mean, we'd been doing the podcast for a year at that point, mm-hmm. but like, you know, with with no publicity or anything like that, we had been getting around maybe like a thousand downloads a month, which we were really happy with. And then that day, I think we got something like twenty thousand downloads the day the Guardian featured us. So we were not prepared for that. <laughs> um, but luckily, we'd been doing the podcast for so long that when we did the next episode, it, we were still natural and we were still ourselves. I think that if, if that had happened when we had first started it, we would have probably got stage fright or. Or I don't know. I don't think it would have been very good for us. So it was a lovely thing to happen a year in, as opposed to too early on. Kathy says that. I mean, she's turned into a terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> she's unbearable. It's a good point, though. I guess you had already validated your own reason for doing it a year in. So I mean, yeah, it was just know, for it fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's still just for fun. That's the thing. We're not professionals. This, this isn't our job. This is just for a laugh. Yeah. Um, and that's that's all we ever wanted to be as well. Yeah, we just love it. But as two movie buffs, has there been any um, films that you've both wholeheartedly disagreed on coming out of the film? Uh, because the ones I've listened to, it seems like you're kind of fairly in agreement on most things. Yeah, we do tend to be agreement. A big one we disagreed on was probably a year ago now, was La La Land. I remember we quite disagreed on the ending of that one. Yeah, we bo- I think we both liked the movie, but we, we, I thought the ending was just brilliant. I won't spoil it. Um, and Kathy thought it was a complete cop out. Yeah, I hated memory. the ending. And it's yeah. funny because like we really disagreed on it, and then afterwards, like like listeners split down the middle as well. Like people messaging, I agree with Kathy, I agree with Dave. And um, it's also a very kind of divisive movie. Um, I, we, I remember uh, we went to Captain America: Civil War as well, and I'm a big Marvel superhero guy, and <laughs> Kathy is, isn't really, and she hated that movie. Oh hi, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar's going dog to me. <laughs> You, you yeah, hate, I hated you that movie. Hated we tend to disagree on superhero movies purely because Dave thinks they're way better than they are, and I'm like a realist about them. <laughs> That's not true. Like they're fine movies, but Dave kind of elevates them because of probably his love from childhood of those characters. Yeah, sure. There's a bit of nostalgia yeah. wrapped in there. So we probably tend to disagree. You can't just flat out say I'm wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> see what you've started now, Ryan. Yeah. But I could see as well how, um, how disposable it can be because you guys did your f- review for the years films on your flight home at Christmas is that right the Erlingus flight home yeah that I mean that's partly out of necessity because the he <laughs> fell asleep Oscar fell asleep and we were like this is our moment to record so we recorded look well, I mean we'd made our lists already because they take eight it takes ages to put together like your best movies of the year mm-hmm. and we had the list on our phones quite not finished we just said feck it we'll just record we recorded for like 20 minutes then the baby woke up and the plane was landing so we had to stop then we resumed the podcast again on the Bray Seafront because my dad lives in Bray in Wicklow and that's where we happened to be 
so we try and like part of the podcast is we like to incorporate like motion yeah so most of the time it's walking but like we've done it on buses on trains we've done a flight now which we're really pleased we did about. laps of the car park with scooby yes yeah. we've, yeah. Done, we've yeah. La- lapped a lot of car parks i'll tell you that much and um, we sometimes just record like in a bar or like in a cafe if it's raining and um, so we're always trying to do different stuff and then this year or last year 2017 we um branched out a bit and partially because I was pregnant at the time and really tired and not wanting to go to the cinema and we did um, Game of Thrones last season we did like kind of bo- as a bonus thing we reviewed Game of Thrones um, and we got loads of feedback on that people because people love Game of Thrones yeah. and we kind of sneakily justified doing it by saying it's a cinematic TV show <laughs> um, excuse the echo we've just walked through a tunnel um, so this yeah. is what you get when you record outside <laughs> <laughs> we've got a lot of um, recordings in this tunnel that's it's how natural we know. reverb um, yeah. so yeah we had good fun doing the Game of Thrones one as well and we recorded them in our house which was quite nice <laughs> do you feel a sense of community with other Irish people over here as, as people living in, in London um, because that seems to be a recurring theme is that there is I think I felt that more um, probably because when we lived in Australia we were so homesick for our families um, that we I felt that really with Irish and English people when I lived in Australia or really anyone you met who was living that far from home you would connect on homesickness but I think probably since we've moved here because we're not really homesick anymore because after living in Australia this feels like we live home I don't know if the Irish thing matters so much now our best friends are still Irish people that we know from home that live here yeah and so it's not to say we don't have Irish friends here but for me anyway I don't I don't gravitate towards it as much as I did in Australia I guess you're right it's proximity to home I mean it doesn't you don't have that feeling of being so detached as you would as yeah. you know, being in Australia, I guess. So. I don't know. How do you think, Dave? That's my feeling. I agree. It. I agree. And I, I think it's, it's interesting. You know, you said at the beginning, Ryan, the, the reason for this podcast is to look at the, the modern Irish emigrant experience compared to that of the 70s and 80s. And my parents were emigrants to London in the 70s and 80s from Mallow in Cork. <laughs> and their experience of living here is far different to 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 ours now uh, just just by the nature of just phone calls were like crazy expensive yeah. <laughs> right yeah. and now, now we're just like time. now we're yeah, facetime yeah. we're just seeing our yeah you're in whatsapp groups you're in constant communication like i was texting my dad uh, on the way to this interview so mm-hmm. it's like it just feels like the world has become smaller so I think it's a very different experience but to, to and I think I, I agree with Kathy I think the that distance you do feel it a lot more in Australia and I think uh, we certainly connected with more uh, Irish people who were strangers to us over there yeah, yeah. like so you would meet an Irish person in Sydney and you would pretty much barring them being really foul <laughs> you would pretty much become friends with them and you would have such a kind of deep bond of even if like we weren't day-to-day missing home but we just all miss our family so much um, and you really connect and as I said with English people as well or really anyone who was who was living anyone who was living in Australia and who wasn't from Australia because it's so far from everywhere mm-hmm. um, so yeah but I mean I think there is I think if, if I'd moved here first I probably would have maybe felt that same way I don't know so when you guys get this far down do you usually do another 180 turn? Or <laughs> yeah we do <laughs> we do actually okay. yeah. no, so, sometimes we go all the way down yeah, it depends, really? depends how long uh, you want to talk to us for oh no of course I guess why not let's see um, <laughs> We as it's my you want to see more of the Thames? <laughs> yeah, as it's my first time down here, why not? Yeah, we can go back, go back to the then. But that's interesting that you mentioned that because that was the idea behind the podcast, I guess, is um, hopefully to, you know, I guess, get an insight into the experience of, um, you know, Irish people living in the UK now 
as compared to what we know of people that lived here 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Likewise, my parents moved over from rural Cork oh, yeah? 20, 30 years ago to work and, you know, the majority of jobs were in construction or nursing, whereas now there's such a wide range of yeah. things that Irish people can, can and do do over here. So, um, and we're coming here, you know, the Irish who are coming here nowadays have third and fourth level education. Uh, or more commonly than, than would have been 40 years ago. And I think that's certainly affected the prospects. Yeah, I mean, you come over, like, I, I know this kind of is a bit of a generalisation, but it is true, like, Ireland's a really over-educated company, uh, country. I don't mean that as a criticism, it's just because education was free for so long, um, so many people have degrees and, like, Dave's a fourth-level education, and they're coming here with that as, like, a basis. Even yeah. if you don't have work experience, you're already that educated coming over here. Um, and I find that, um, particularly actually in Australia, Irish people were very valued because of the high education level, obviously fluent English speaking and like being known for, for being hard workers. Mm -hmm. um, I think the same applies here, though I, I would say I don't know, I don't know as much. Um, but I think Irish people are always very valued in kind of any trade usually because Irish people have a good reputation of like being friendly and being good at their jobs and you know being able to talk yeah. <laughs> um, which is good in podcasting <laughs> so we definitely have a head start in the power yeah. <laughs> you know parents or grandparents 20 30 years ago um, i think we do yeah i think we have it a lot easier than yeah, they I did think so. yeah. i think that's a universal <laughs> agree, everyone's in agreement with that mm -hmm. um and in terms of having lived here for the last is it two years three years about two yet no two. nearly no, three now three years in yeah. june yeah is there a particular areas or parts of london or spots around london that you frequent and that you go to a lot or that you prefer um, we've moved around a bit so when we first moved here we lived in East London in Hackney which we loved and then we lived in Stoke Newington for a while which was a really cool place to live but then I got a job in West London and and quickly understood the nightmare that a British uh, London commute can be because I ended up from East to West London on like a three-hour commute a day which was oh really God. horrible especially it was my first winter after moving back from Australia and like spending all that time on public transport and it was just horrible so we just made the decision to move west because you know it's really cool to live in East London and I loved it but if you're only seeing it on Saturday Sunday and Monday to Friday you're miserable commuting it's not there's no life in that yeah um, and we, we love West London now like we moved out to Richmond which where we are now we lived here for two years and now because we bought a house and aren't millionaires we don't live in Richmond <laughs> anymore we live in Surrey so we're not even in London anymore and um, we're just outside of it but we're like in commuting distance um, so we've kind of liked I think we've liked everywhere we lived yeah I mean I certainly like I think maybe as we've gotten older we're uh, we're more into the quieter country side of things I find um, mainly just because we have a baby now so and I'm like that now as well though <laughs> oh, right. like, you know, music as opposed to yeah it's funny isn't it <laughs> London's very uh, just daunting and intimidating like daunting. central yeah. London is I find and, and we found that like when we moved here first you kind of quickly realise that London's not like one city mm. like Sydney's a really small city next to London obviously Dublin and Cork are really small and you come here and it's almost like 10 different cities like if you're trying to meet a friend if you live in West London you're trying to meet two friends one of them's East London one of them's North London like forget about it like yeah. it's so much effort you all need to commit a whole day to meet up for an hour like to meet someone for a drink or a coffee um, so to actually maintain friendships here I think you end up just meeting up with people that you really value as a friend um, if you've you know if you've got a lot of stuff going on in the evenings because it's so much hassle to meet up with people it takes like an hour to get anywhere yeah, yeah. like minimum. at least yeah one and time <laughs> i was meeting my friend for brunch with mom right and mom came and i said well we should leave at 11 if we're meeting her at one and mom was like that's like driving to limerick to meet <laughs> someone for coffee you would never do that in ireland certainly distances uh 
uh, transformer, your perspective on distances. I, I, and you know, when we go back to Cork City now and you go for drinks in the city and then you say to someone, oh, I'll meet you up in McCurtain Street from Patrickton. You're like, that's fucking ages away. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you're like, no, wait, it's a yeah, four minute to, walk. I went back to UCC at Christmas because my sister works it's the there. Hill, it's the hill, dude. It's, it's the always hill. that hill. Yeah. I went back to UCC at Christmas because my sister works there um, and I did my degree in UCC. And I remember yeah. like thinking it was so huge. And I went back and it was like, it, the whole place had shrunk to nothing. It was really strange. Um, so that's a weird feeling but London is just a very big and intimidating place I would say um, when you first move here and you just need to p- quickly pick a suburb <laughs> and hope that some of your friends will move anywhere yeah, or around or persuade them to <laughs> yeah. so yeah. and be near a train you have to be near a train yeah uh, that's interesting that's one of the first things that struck me when I moved over when I realised I had an hour commute to work every day I found that terrifying like and everyone was like that's Standard that's good, yeah. Now yeah. it's all right. That's all right. But that's one of the reasons I think podcasts are so big in London because everyone's commuting, so everyone has time to listen on their headphones because yeah. everyone's got smartphones. That's when I that's a good point, did yeah. all my like I've, I'm listening to podcasts less since I went on maternity leave because I don't have that commute. I found, um, and Dave's got quite a long commute at the moment, so he's burning through podcasts. Really? Actually, that's interesting. Yeah. What other podcasts are you guys fans of? Um, I really like the Adam Buxton podcast. Uh, he this actually what inspired us to do the walking and talking mm. uh, bit because he lives in the country and he just does sort of uh, rambles with his dog Rosie and records all his intros that way. Um, I think Kermode and Mayo, their movie podcast um, on Five Live, I've listened to for a very long time. So you do listen to other film review podcasts? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because well, most of the time now we don't get to go to the cinema that much, so I like hearing about the movies. Um, and I love listening to like specific podcasts on shows. You know, like for example, I love The Bachelor. There's loads of podcasts on The Bachelor, right? I really enjoy those. I like um, just listening to interesting women, like the BBC Women's Hour, which is a radio show, but they put it into a podcast form, like mm-hmm. Mayo. Um, and that's just an amazing podcast to listen to every day. You just hear loads of different interesting women talking about interesting things. Um, so yeah, basically, I'll just go into the iTunes charts and have a look around and like download something usually um, to see. And you can see the difference like we've, when we've been in the iTunes charts, which happens when you kind of get a lot of new subscribers. That's how their algorithm works. You kind of jump off the charts. We've noticed that whenever it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing, once you get into the charts, you get more downloaders. You stay in the charts. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And their algorithm's a bit of a mystery. So we've heard it's a combination of subscription, a subs- new subscribers, downloads, and reviews. Um, and no one quite knows what, and everyone's slightly in the dark about it. So that's quite an intriguing thing that iTunes um, podcast charts that everyone wishes they knew how to crack. But as a creator of podcasts, then, are you, how aware of you of, like, do you feel like you need to be really... Um, conscious of the algorithm and how it works or do you just go right like, nah we can't we can't yeah. influence like there's I nothing mean, we can do about it we just ask people yeah. for rate we ask pe- if people enjoy the podcast like our podcast is obviously free we say look if you enjoy yeah. it just please leave us a rating or subscribe to us that's all we would we would hope we ask that I mean I don't know if people do it or not um, but like you know it's not like we're spending money on advertising or anything like that mm. if um, this was our full time jobs then maybe we'd, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'd commit more effort into <laughs> yeah. it I guess yeah speaking of uh do you find this, or did you find it hard at the beginning even to juggle between the full-time job and, because I mean you talk about a commute that you guys have which would be, you know, if you're lucky an hour, um, and then finding the time to to uh, do these film reviews as well and make the podcast, how did you juggle the two? Uh, it was difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's, still, it's still difficult. It's even more difficult with well, a child in but the But I mix. mean, that's the main, that's like the crux of our podcast. If you're recording something you're doing anyway, you're cutting out most of the work for it. So it's not like, 
we're we're putting aside two hours to sit down and record a podcast. We're going to the movies anyway. We're walking to the movies anyway. So if you're just recording the walk to and from the movies, that's it really. Yeah, it's just Dave edits it, which takes him about half an hour, and then we both work on like the social media to promote, like you know, write a tweet about it. Or it's whatever. just yeah, it's just kind of being smart and economical with your time and multitasking. So we do so we do the social on our commute. So it's when you're doing stuff anyway. Uh, so we promote the show from from the train. Um, we, you know, I edit it maybe late in the evening when everyone's gone to bed. So you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just yeah, it's just about sort of slotting in those those bits of time here and there whenever you can get them. But yeah. So that's why we find it easier. The people I know who do podcasts that find it really difficult are ones who um say they're doing obviously we live together right we're married that <laughs> makes it a lot easier people who you might do it with a friend but they might live in one end of london you live in the other so as we said even meeting up in the first place a massive hassle right then they might record a really long conversation they don't want to use it all they have to cut it down edit it it can become a mammoth task and it's actually what stops a lot of people continuing i think so kind of the ease of ours is that we live together and it's already part of our lives and you mentioned you both enjoy the process as well so i mean as long as that lasts yeah exactly we love it yeah yeah it's fun yeah and the best part is when we have, like, we love having guests on. We find that really fun. Like, when our family are over, we just love having them on. It's so, it's so much fun. Do they listen? Your parents, do, are they regular mm-hmm. listeners? Or do they just say that they're they... They're not regular, no. They I listen, like, if <laughs> it's like anyone. People only listen to the episodes usually if they're interested in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if, so if, like, if our parents have seen one of the movies we review, then they, they'll listen to it. I think. But I don't think they're our biggest fans. Really. I think my dad listens to nearly all of them. Oh, really? He's never seen any of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> He's just interested in it. Uh, yeah, it's funny. My mom definitely listens to the ones that she's on I know that much everyone listens to the ones they're on <laughs> well big question um, Saoirse Ronan do you think that she's gonna bag the best actress oh. Oscar you know we, we haven't watched Lady Bird yet yeah, really? I think it it's, yet. No. it's out in a couple of weeks um, um, I think it's a hard I think she's a really good contender I think it's hard to be up against Meryl Streep in the post yeah, um, because she's getting now again I haven't seen that either but she's getting such um amazing praise for that role but Lady Bird's interesting because of the whole um, Me Too movement and all that's happening with women in Hollywood at the moment and is directed by a woman and starring a woman and it's a female story so I think that in itself could help her I know I haven't seen the movie but I know she's an incredible actress so I imagine her performance is amazing I think she's fantastic plus Meryl Streep stop giving her a award I know yeah (laughs) she's great we know she hasn't won that many times she's just nominated all the time oh really yeah um, yeah, so yeah, I'd like to see Saoirse Ronan. But the Post is a really strong contender as well because it's all about the truth and journalism in the current climate. So, yeah, I, I'd be really interested. I'd love if she won, though. I mean, she's phenomenal. It would be really cool if she won for Best Actress and um, Daniel Day-Lewis won for Best Actor in the same That'd night. That would be great, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, so whammy of Irish. Yeah, that would yeah. be amazing. And also three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Have you seen that film? Uh, no. no, we're going, we're going uh, this next weekend. week, hopefully. Yeah. This weekend, yeah. Um, so that's like, we're like, at the moment, we're trying to prioritise movies. As we said, my mom's coming to visit for a few days. So we've basically said to her, right, we need to go to the cinema a few times. But now, because it's Oscar season, there's so many good movies. So we're trying to pick pick and choose which ones. But that's top of the list. By the way, we didn't name our son after the Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have thought that. never actually yeah. crossed my yeah. mind. No, it crossed <laughs> our <laughs> mind until he was born. And we named him. And both of our dads thought he was named after the Oscars. <laughs> Um, uh, and multiple friends thought it as well. So he's doing an eye roll, I think. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he's like, sick of that. So, last question. Um, 
if you were having a binge watch on a Sunday and you had to pick three Irish movies to, oh. to, Wait, you should have given us this in advance. <laughs> I know, I was thinking I should probably email yeah. this one. Um, Sorry to put you guys on the okay, spot. Okay, Sing Street. I definitely have oh, my that's a You good can't one. take that now, that's Damn mine. It. Good well, why can't I watch it with you? Are we, not, no. are we binging separately? <laughs> should we are we binging in different rooms? Should we do an order of which ones you'd watch? Or is that a bit too specific? That would have need to be emailed in advance. Oh, Sing Street. Oh wait, that already you said just that. said that. Why um, did you say it like it was a revelation <laughs> that time? <laughs> you know, Is the so third one Sing Street? So few Irish movies out. Um, are you talking like Irish movies of all time? Of all time, or yeah. Okay. I'm afraid. Um, of all time. Okay, I, I, other in Bruges would be on my list. Is that, is that sure. an Irish movie? Yeah, yeah that is. It's, it's on Netflix too. So yeah. God, you really put me on the spot. Actually, on Netflix, I think, yeah, so. they are on, on Sing Netflix. Sing Street's excellent. I was I'm taking that. So um, I've done two. Oh, what was that movie <laughs> that was... Ma- you can't take my one. <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie that was set in Cork last year about the two young guys. Oh, um, the, the Young Offenders. Club. The Young Offenders. Oh, that was like great. That. Yeah, and there's now a TV I'll show. I'll do that one as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so we have Sing Street in Bruges and The Young Offenders. That's a pretty good Sunday. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, in terms of they're all comedies, right? So we could go down a different route of three really modern Irish movies, but we won't do that. No, I think that's true. I, s- I still have a soft spot for Adam and Paul. I've seen it for a long time. Oh, so I've never seen it. It's, it's, very, really it's very, very good. It kind of highlights the homeless and um, like addiction issue in Dublin. Mm. Um, by Lenny Abramson directed it. Yeah. It's really, it's He's a, a brilliant director. Brilliant movie, yeah. but it's very sad. So don't watch that on your Sunday afternoon binge. I'll watch, watch it at some stage. You give it. me a recommendation. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Yeah, well, thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate you guys being the second guests Thank on the podcast. You. So thanks for having us, Ryan. Thanks, Dave and Kathy. Cheers. Bye. Thank you to Dave and Kathy of the cinema for their time and to their son Oscar to tolerate our jabbering on for a half hour. As always, thanks for listening and tune in next week for more quality time with some of the wonderful Irish people living and working here in the UK. Take it easy and thank you for your support.